are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe, well, he's not right here. But Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different. But this is one of our fun commentary tracks. It is our first commentary track of the year 2018. And this should be a fun one. Um, the idea of these commentaries, I've explained in previous episodes, is 20, 20 years ago, Titanic was just destroying everything at the box office. And so I thought it would be fun to do the first three months of this year, commentary-wise, using films that Titanic just destroyed in its wake. So for this month, for January, uh, 20 years ago, uh, the film Deep Rising, the Stephen Summers monster movie, uh, debuted in theaters, and it did not do well. <laughs> not just because Titanic was around, but because it just bombed completely. Um, so that is the commentary we're going to do for this month. We're going to talk about Deep Rising, starring Treat Williams. Yeah. And uh, joining us, uh, joining joining me to for this commentary track for Deep Rising, we have, from Why So Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast, if the cash is there, he does not care. It's Brandon Peters. And I like Treat Williams, I accept no substitute, unless I myself am the substitute. <laughs> Also joining us from the DC TV podcast and the Nothing's On podcast, he's aging gracefully like a keg of beer. It's Jim Dietz. Man, that took a year off my life. <laughs> How are the two of you doing today? Good. All those halcyon days when Treat Williams could open your movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll or your video, your video store. We'll, we'll get yeah. into that because there is a certain actor that they wanted instead of Treat Williams. But uh, I found out a lot of quite quite a bit of trivia about Deep Rising that we're going to get into on this one because this should be a lot of fun though. Uh, for those who are unaware of how this works, uh, basically Brandon, Jim, and I are going to talk about the film Deep Rising while watching it, as one does during commentaries. Um, the way we do this is we all have the film synced. Um, currently, um, for the copy that I have, it is at nine seconds in, which is where the Hollywood Pictures logo has fully formed, and we all have to pause at that point, so basically I'm going to count down from three, and on the sound of go, we're going to press play and just start talking with the movie on mute, obviously, while we talk over it, um, so anyone that's playing along that has a copy of Deep Rising, which seems like a rare feat, because this was not an easy movie to find, <laughs> um, good for you, glad you're enjoying the movie that you most likely love because you own a copy of it while listening to us talk about it, um, if you're just listening while you're on a drive to work or working out or what have you, good on you also, because you're getting to have a lot of fun listening to one of these commentary tracks, and you have to do very little, <laughs> so there you go, uh, you guys ready? Yep. Yes. All right. I'm going to totally. count down. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. This is going to be a weird way to start by uh, the commentary, but hold on. Uh, close captions on. <laughs> Far below the South China Sea lies an underwater mountain range with canyons deep enough to hide the Himalayas. Deeper than any man or machine has ever explored. Throughout the centuries, countless vessels have vanished into these waters without a trace. Uh-oh. <laughs> Brandon, that's you! I'm sorry, I'm trying to... <laughs> Their disappearance is always great a mystery. <laughs> there's, no, there's no subtitles. I, Mine has subtitles. Mine, uh, where, mine my, just can't complete the action. It said there's a track, it but... It says pounding resumes and water gurgling on my screen right now. <laughs> I wish it did. We take you live. There we go. Water rushing. Water rushing. There we go. All right. I'm here. So I assume this is the perspective of the tentacles? It would have to be, unless right? it's unless it's uh, Famke's way to get to that cruise boat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it's supposed to imply that this monster has eaten several other boats over the years. Uh, knowing Steven Summers, this has to be a Jaws homage right here, obviously, right? 
Uh, I would think so. I think, after, I think after watching this, this might be my favorite Stephen Summers movie after The Mummy. After the, okay, yeah. I was gonna say I was like really over yeah, the, like, <laughs> uh, the mummy. Um, I have to think. I really like Odd Thomas. I think Odd Thomas is a good movie. Um, with the late Anton Yelchin, the uh, the Dean Koontz adaptation. Right. Um, I'd probably go with that. And I like his. I mean, I haven't seen the Jungle Book in probably like twenty years, but I really I liked his Jungle Book at the time with uh, Jason Scott Lee. Jay Scott. Trying to think, yeah, Deep Rising. I think I, I think we can all agree that The Mummy is Stephen Summers' best movie. I think that's fair to say, right? That's right. Yeah. That's, that's not oh. controversial. <laughs> so <what's> no. <laughs> and I went back to Van Helsing recently, and I told you, Aaron didn't hate it. Yeah. Oh really? I, I've I've yeah. always I've always had a soft spot for Van Helsing. I think the third act is like a visual effects mess, but there's a lot of fun in there. Yeah, I always wonder if that CGI held up because that was that period of CGI CGI that was kind of sketchy. It was just starting out. And, yes you know, and of, no. Yes. Okay. I mm-hmm. always like the That's idea fair. of what he was doing with, with the werewolves, where they just rip off their skin and they become werewolves. Like I always like that aspect of it, but. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, well that, that but that's a movie that goes like see like typical Steven Summers he goes big <laughs> like he's he's there he's he's very much one for like you know when they call for subtlety he says amp it up to the extreme and he does so so that's the kind of why his movies tend to end as like as messy as possible because it's just like this like giant just everything's on screen at once to show how big the uh, the the visual effects budget was including right. this movie by the way <laughs> yeah. This is like the uh, the um, PT boat version of the Millennium Falcon, just kind of held together with spit and chicken wire. And mm-hmm. I um, I really appreciate the tone of this. Oh, there's West Studi. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate the tone of this movie. It reminded me like of Predator or some of those '80s action movies with more of a lighter tone, you know, and where all the people going into it are kind of jerks, so you don't mind as much when the you know when the monster eats them. It's you know? super '90s. Yeah. Uh, you know the oh yeah we, we started with fish eye lens brandon so we, yeah it's right right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just when i watched it the other night to prep for this i was like yeah this is i mean there's you couldn't convince anyone this took place in any other decade but it's it, it just mm-hmm. it just really feels that way it's a good precursor to the mummy for sure i mean it, it's very much in the same tone as that movie just there's yeah more, there's more swearing and a little bit more blood so it becomes an r-rated action monster movie as opposed to a you know, a PG-13 summer blockbuster. Uh, but you can definitely see Summer's, like, basically making, like, a test run for how he can handle a mummy movie. And apparently somebody, somebody you know, thought that because they're like, oh, that that random Treat Williams vehicle bombed. Let me give him $100 million to make a mummy remake. And it worked out pretty <laughs> <Right>. well. <laughs> Typical Hollywood. The white guy fails and gets to try again. Or maybe they just really went off. The, like they really like that Jungle Book. They're like, yeah, that was a that was a freebie. <laughs> Here's the first shot. At, what's the ship called? Like Oceania or something? Yeah, the, the Argonautica. Argonautica. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that yeah. makes sense. The Argonaut. The Argonautica. Okay. The pink dragon on the side. I don't even get that at all. Well, because it's like a south, like a South China Sea vessel, I guess, and it's probably right. funded by the Chinese in some capacity. This is a great zoom in shot, though, and then when he opens the door, you know, into the party scene, I like I like this shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. It, yeah. Keep because it keeps going, right? Like it's. Mm-hmm. it's a, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, but that ship, it's always like kind of still and in like rustling waters. Like there's no. It's like just like a giant like matte painting they kept using, or even like a right. model. 
I'm surprised they didn't name the boat the Live Forever or something. (laughs) (laughs) We talked unthinkable. We we talked right over. We were in the shot now. We're inside the cruise ship, but we talked right over the Treat Williams introduction because it's important. Because Jim, you mentioned um, got kind of the look, the look and feel of the thing. Harrison Ford was one that they approached for this movie that they that they had for a, a little bit before he ultimately said no and did not become involved in it. But you can see why because Treat Williams is basically playing a Han Solo type. Right. Yeah. Do it for the money. Completely. Yeah. He's a smuggler. Completely with a crew of ne'er do wells. Like it. I I assume that the that Solo colon a Star Wars story is very much going to be influenced by Deep Rising. Oh, of course. (laughs) Why? Why could? How couldn't it be? Did did you know the weekend this came out? Did uh, people were like, what what boat sinking movie are you going to this weekend? I'm like, ah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go see Titanic again. <laughs> what I'm gonna do? Well, it's funny. Like the weekend before, Phantoms came out. So you have a movie that's yep. Phantoms and Titanic combined in Deep Rising. Nice. There you go. I did. Oh, here's uh, Anthony Heald, one of my favorite one of my favorite movie assholes of all time. For sure. Right, like, there, with, right there with William Atherton. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He, he's like. He's always reminded me of like Nick Nolte if he never touched cocaine or anything. <laughs> He'd be like the good angel on his shoulder. Yeah, I mean they got the same head of hair basically. They, they really facial yeah. structure, but right. mm-hmm. I mean I know I, you know he do, he reminds of a Nick Nolte for sure, and, and Anthony, does look similar. Best best known as the uh, the warden in Silence of the Lambs, I would say. And right. he was in one of the yeah, this Silence of the Lambs. That's right. Yeah. So. Because he kept reprising that role too. He came back for yeah, for, for, for yeah, Red, Red Dragon. Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. Like again, this speech is it, 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 it's like yeah, let's you know we'll live forever and party on, and nothing will ever harm us. Yeah, it's so yeah. It's, it's a really that's the really the essence of the speech. Nothing bad's gonna happen at all. Have a nope. ball. I'm the best. We're great. the best. Mm-hmm. Make make oceans great again. That's what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome, and we'll live forever. Yeah. And now we have Famke Johnson, like oh. straight off of uh, Goldeneye, right? Uh, this is uh, a couple years. A couple years. It's two years, but oh yeah, it's been '95. So, is there anything in between Goldeneye? That's just, um, probably something, but I mean, as far as notable roles, bro. They were uh, her yeah, not really. Hield, yeah, yeah. Her and Anthony Hill were both in uh, X Men Three. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There you Together. go. You need now, to play. You need to play a Kevin Bacon game with the two. She of them. was. Uh, she was a replacement for Claire Forlani, mm-hmm. who, who apparently had disagreement with Summers over things. And um, yeah, if she would have been there, that would have been our Claire Forlani. Might have been our Jean Grey. You know, never know. Or she might have gone on to be in the Mummy. But she did. She got to meet Joe Black and. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be in Mallrats, you know. She got to be a '90s mm-hmm. staple, and then I don't know what I. She's kind of she kind of just disappeared after the Millennium hit. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think of anything I've seen. Will Smith said, "Here we come, another year," and <laughs> she was gone. <laughs> but Fonka Johnson, I mean, this is like, I guess Lord of the Illusions was the start of it, but like she's in a lot of like B horror movies for a while. Yeah, like yeah. there's well, this, they, there's they... what, there's um the House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, uh, I read that they didn't want her because she was too recognizable from Goldeneye three years earlier. So it's like they were trying to keep it to nobodies, but this film has aged into being full of somebodies in the cast. How is like that a John problem? Like How is that a problem? I don't know. Yeah, how, we want people that are not known for anything? 
I we, don't. We how do we fill seats? Well, if people don't know who the stars are, they might want to come. <laughs> well, if it's a B level, I mean, maybe it's so they think that maybe she could die or something like that. I don't know, but that's what I read that she they felt she was too recognizable, but it was too late do anything but man she looks stunning in that red dress i'll tell you why yeah. i know she has two outfits in that this uh the red dress and then the uh the the white uh, uh um, tank top mm-hmm. and uh they're both they're both uh acceptable <laughs> here we are in the, the, oh wait there's travis <laughs> oh yeah there's travis from fear of the walking dead cliff curtis one of the great yep. best character actors working who's got saddled with an unfortunate show but now he's off it but we also have jaimon hansu one of my favorite actors in general who does his does his, what he can here? Uh, Jason Fleming's in here. Uh, the guy that plays Kano in the Mortal Kombat movies, one of these guys. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. And of course, Stephen Summers' best friend, Kevin J. O'Connor's, is one of mm-hmm. Treat Williams' uh, crewmen, who's just I think always hilarious, and I wish he'd get more to do. That said, he isn't there. Will be blood, so it's not like he's uh, slacking. And they're just kind of messing with each other too, because they don't like boats. We need to establish that there are a bunch of mercenary badasses who will kill on a moment's notice. Look at Jaimon, buddy. He looks so, like, fresh and happy. He's <laughs> like, yeah. the movies now. He's just, like, right after Amistad. So it's like, okay, I can do one of these. Now I'm into more commercial products. More Oscar jumping right in to these monster movies. Looks like Claire Forlani's done a lot of TV. What TV? Like uh, Crackle? CSI, CSI New York, NCIS Los Angeles, Hawaii Five-0. So, so she got found by CBS. Gotcha. Ba- basically, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. She has a CBS contract. Camelot. So that answers that question that everyone was wondering. I watching this movie and I was reading the trivia at the time when I was rewatching it for to prepare for this. Um, I very much tried to imagine Harrison Ford in every single one of these scenes to see what that would have been like. Huh. And you know what? Not much better. Like <laughs> 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 I can see the performance. I can see it though. With Treat Williams and replacing that out. It'd be a little more mumbly. Next time you watch Indiana Jones, replace Harrison Ford with Treat Williams. I do that anyway. I mean, that was that's something. Yeah. Like, what's so? What's Treat Williams coming out? Like, where at what point were they like, well, we can't get Harrison. Who's who's next? Treat Williams. Like, I guess what <laughs> sub, substitute um, straight to video sequels? Is that where we're at? Audience, audiences are in for a treat. Uh, uh yeah. He like all I remember when I was younger, like around this time, was just seeing him in like the substitute, the substitute two, the substitute three. Well, the substitute one was Tom Berenger, right? Tom Berenger, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like. He was in um... okay, uh, the Phantom. He's the villain in the Phantom, of course. Zan- oh, okay. Zan- yeah. Xander Drax, I believe. I, yeah. I remember him in uh, uh, Prince of the City, that cop drama from the, uh, and he was also DB Cooper in the Pursuit of DB Cooper movie. Um, um, apparently, Treat Williams played Echo based trooper in uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, there you go. Of course, of course he did. I think I can. I think I see him now. Well, yeah, he was. He was. Um, he, was he saw. He was there at Lucas casting sessions and just kept whispering, "Like, you know, if Harrison can't do this, I can. Uh, I can step in." Right. <laughs> uh, I remember he was in uh, the uh, uh, Hollywood ending. I remember that one. Yeah, so I was like, "Oh, I'm watching something with Treat Williams in it." Well, see, like I can think of more things now with Treat Williams than I can, like, be you know, post Deep Rising than pre Deep Rising. Oh yeah, like Everwood and. <laughs> yeah. 
that's that's really where I think people people really kind of justify his career. They say tree tree when people mention tree Williams, they're like, oh wait, pre deep rising or or post. Is it, that's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really the high water mark of his yeah. career. I, he's got a, okay. He's got a good run in the night. He's got Mulholland Falls. The fit, I mean, good is arguable, but Mulholland Falls, the Devil's Own with with Harrison Ford and the Phantoms. <laughs> Hey, he was on. Uh, he was in uh, Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah, and... he's got these small roles in some pretty big movies for sure. He's had a TV show, Good Advice, for, mm. uh, for a year. I don't know what that is, but I'm gonna look it up. Treat right yourself. Treat yourself to some good advice. <laughs> yeah, I will keep going all night long. It looks like a um, like a moonlighting knockoff. Good advice. Oh, Shelley Long and Treat Williams. Oh, Shelley Long. Mm-hmm. And Mulholland Falls is like a random noir. And um, let's see. So now we're getting we're getting to know that. Uh, I want to be True Owens doesn't take any shit from anybody, especially when they mess with his crew, because because he's, he's he's a badass, just like everybody else on this ship. There's no heroes in this movie, just badasses. Yeah, but he's the alpha among the alphas. That's right. Because his gun is bigger. A spear gun. <laughs> a, a, sorry, a triple spear gun. It launches three harpoons at a time. Kind of like Pulp Fiction. There's no heroes in this movie, just badass. Are there no heroes in Pulp Fiction? Mm, I don't know. I mean, they do. there's some heroic efforts, but coming sure, in... Sure. But, I mean, is Willis, like, not a hero? And so, well, I guess not. He's just kind of like a washed-up boxer. So. Yeah. I'm trying. Uh, I'm slowly looking up the Mulholland Falls, which stars Nick Nolte, by the way, uh, trivia to see if Harrison Ford was ever considered for a part of this movie. <laughs> Jack Nicholson was. That's close. I got this client. He's kind of like he's kind of like Harrison Ford, but cheaper. Much cheaper. Much. Cheaper. <laughs> oh, there's the bubble gum. That's good continuity. I feel like we're making fun of Treat Williams, but that said, I do think he's effective in this movie, and I do like him in the oh, Phantom yeah. quite a bit. Like I do, he's, he's certainly he's a capable actor. I mean, that's why he's been working all this time. I never watched Everwood, but it was on long enough, so certainly somebody liked it. Scott Mendelson liked Everwood. Yeah, he he is a he uh has a, a he's out for blood with uh, Seventh Heaven because when uh, UPN went to CW. Seventh Heaven had ended, but they brought it back and canceled Everwood. <laughs> so he's he's got a okay. yeah, he's out for blood. And here's where we find out that he's actually the villain. Do we find out that he's a villain necessarily yet? I mean, we know we know he's well, not, he's not a very nice man. When he smacks, when he smacks, <laughs> yeah, but when he smacks Femke Jensen in the face coming up here, I mean that kind of. Yeah, I mean that's that's not nice. And, and is Trillion St. James like the most movie name you've ever heard? Trillion St. Yeah. James is something I forgot until you just said mm-hmm. it right now. Right. <laughs> it's like the most non real name I could think of. Trillion St. James. That's hilarious. St. <laughs> James, by the way, is that like a full last name? What is that? Oh, Trillion St. James. So that's her name. St. Dash James or St. Period James. St. Period James. Yeah. There's a number of good names here. I mean, the Treat Williams' name is John Finnegan. Uh, right. I assume they call him Finn, right? <laughs> but it's like a sure. very like generic movie hero name. John Finnegan. Yeah, Kevin J. O'Connor's name is Joey Tooch 
Pantucci. Like, it just, it works right there. Well, they couldn't get Joey Pants to play the role, so they, yeah. they just deemed him that instead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, well, no, the stu- I'm sure the studio thought <laughs> Joe Pants was, was too recognizable. So they're like, oh, get one of your friends. And they got Kevin <laughs> J. O'Connor to be in there. Well, if you're going to sew up part of Kevin J. O'Connor, it better be the forehead because he has a lot of it. There's a lot of it there. That's right. <laughs> He's got a real Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins has a big forehead. Um, yes, he does. This boat that they're in is, a, is another kind of interesting design where it's like, I mean, you're about to talk about the Shaggedis. This is supposed to be like a, a Millennium Falcon of boats, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's like it's it has it, it looks kind of small but then it has like a, a g- entire room that's for these two like what giant like torpedoes that they're holding in like a hangar. They can also fit like all these men. Like it's 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 weirdly big <laughs> despite it's being a, this little, it, little it, tiny cruiser ship. It's a TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. It's a TARDIS. <laughs> you can tell it's a it's a fancy uh, computerized bomb too because it has the LED that says armed, and also has a C, it has a CD inside too. Here's the guns of choice for this movie: this like rotating barrel that's like but still handheld. Right. But it's like locking and loading. It's cool looking. Also, Jason Fleming armed him with torpedoes and then also licked his hands after doing it because it was, I guess, very exciting for him. Just having herself a little party in there. Yeah, why not? Wait, what else are you going to do? Wait, did they say they don't have a brig? Is that what, And so they locked her in the pantry? Was that what was going on? Yeah. yeah. Why do they have a brig? Seems pretty 101 for like one of the biggest ships. Well, they need to put, uh, have her conveniently out of the way for when uh, everyone gets killed. By I was like, why, why doesn't the ship have a brig on it? Like, that seems kind of odd. I'm not trillion St. James. You can't tell um... Wow, this has three CDs. Mm-hmm. It's so much I'm data. It's, it's, it's too, it's too much data for one, one CD, one compact mm-hmm. disc. So they need to keep going. It holds, each CD is able to hold one gigabyte. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Are you sure they aren't just all AOL CDs? Yeah. <laughs> Kevin J. O'Connor was in Lord of Illusions with Famke Johnson and Amistad right. with Jaimon Hansu. Whoa. And Chill Factor, because that's just fun to say. Chill Future factor. commentary, Chill Factor. <laughs> chill Factor. <laughs> Are you sure this isn't just the name of uh, an energy drink? David Pamer Films, come on. <laughs> See, David Perry would too, be too recognizable for this movie. He's coming hot. He's hot off Get Shorty. He couldn't be in Deep Rising. Right. Throughout this commentary, I think we should just name actors that would be too recognizable for Deep Rising. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the guy with the mustache was supposed to be Richard Keel, but he was too recognizable. Yeah. Then he's like, let's get Richard Keel, but more slender. Yes. The second command on the boat was, should have been Jason Wingard. Also too recognizable. They're going to have Speed 2's Tamura Morrison, but he seemed too recognizable from Speed 2. So <laughs> he got to be Django Fett instead. And <laughs> every clone trooper. <laughs> yes. Every clone trooper. It's ever. funny, I'm playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 a lot. 
because I do. <laughs> and and every time you're clones, it's just Tamira Morrison's face everywhere. So it's like, okay, this is fun. He's really getting a lot of work out of this. And we would assume eventually Boba Fett. Assume. <laughs> well, I assume I, was, I assume Fett, Cole, in a Star Wars story will start off with Tamira Morrison narrating like his life, and then it'll flash back to him as a younger child. Portrayed by, <laughs> portrayed by Miles now, Teller, I'm sure. And now all of yes. a sudden it's Poseidon Adventure. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, that lady did a hard drop there. Yeah, there's a lot of, fall, a lot of stunts right now. There's yeah. a lot of plate glass for it being a sh- cruise ship there. <laughs> yeah. That said, this this sequence has nothing on the preferred B-movie destruction sequence that is Ghost Ship. jeez. Oh, the opening of Ghost Ship is amazing. Yeah, but Juliana Margulies would have been too recognizable. To <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Same with Gabriel Byrne. He's in Ghost yeah. Ship, right? Is that right? I'm trying to remember Ghost Ship right now. <laughs> I think so. That sounds about if right. There were... If there was a part in this movie where there was a person who had like a telepathic link with the tentacles, like David Byrne, he'd, he'd be perfect. G- Gabriel Byrne, Gabriel Byrne, right? Yeah, there. Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. Does he have a telepathic link in the ghost ship? No, but he usually plays some sort of like Satanist, oh, like, like, like a medium. Weird. Yeah. yeah medium. As, as we as as we described in the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast for End of Days. Right. Uh-huh. It is Gabriel Byrne. Okay, I'm not just talking my ass on that one. And Carl Urban apparently. Oh, Carl Urban. Here's like the first death of the, like the on-screen death of the movie, right? This like yeah, random, I, think, angry, I think so. This random think Asian so. woman that runs to the bathroom. Yeah. So I, I was watching the trailer for this movie because I was like, I know I've seen the trailer before, and I did because there's a number of trailer shots like that one in it. And it's like, wow, that's how they end. Oh. They show that death. <laughs> that boat's real, right? Like, like that's a real boat. Those night, sh- those night shots look just wacky. Yeah, look a little washed out. I love how I love his like uh, Tandy computer uh, monitors in his boat, you know. Oh, but we're talking a lot about like people that were too recognizable. Keep in mind the like the, the selling point of this movie beyond the brilliant tagline "Full Scream Ahead" is from the special effects team who brought you Total Recall and Star Wars. Like they didn't, they didn't even want to advertise Treat Williams. They're like, let's just not even like the direct, like not even like the director of the Jungle Book or something like that. It was the special effects team that brought you Total Recall and Star Wars. Well, that's like when they did the the fourth Resident Evil movie when they were selling it like it was some sort of Avatar thing. Uh, Avatar yeah. offspring, like using the same 3D cameras that that uh, Avatar used. Mm-hmm. It is like, I guess it's a real boat. They're just doing some tricky shooting to make it seem like they're on like open water and everything. It's like they're like shooting with like the negative or something. Because well, yeah, because everything's at night, but it look it looks like they've added CG rain, obviously. Yeah. So the boat just hit something. So now Tree Williams is panicking about fixing his boat because he cares only about the boat and money. Mainly the boat. His crew's third. I think that's what matters. Here's some exciting fire extinguisher action. So, like, uh, we talked about Una Damon at all yet? Who? The the Asian girl that's in the main cast. Oh, the other, yeah. Because I, I, I just do not recognize her from anything else beyond this movie, so... Well, well, no, she's in. Um... Oh, wait, wait, she's in Spider-Man, right? 
Yeah, she's, she's in Spider-Man. She's in Deep Impact, Truman Show, Gattaca. See, see Deep Impact, like, I've seen, like, once. I've never, seen, I've never, like, I never got down sat and, like, rewatched Deep Impact too much. It's just, like, yeah, oh. she's done, like, all the big TV shows, too, from, like, back in the 90s and stuff. But she just kind of, like, disappeared off the face of the earth. There's no credit since 2007. But, like, I remember her from things. I can think of Spider-Man, because she's, like, the, the the lab guy, the like, the tour guide, and she's... Right. Because she, she explains Spider-Sense. So she would, went right from Deep Rising to Deep Impact. Yeah. It was it was a deep... It was a deep year a deep, for her in 1998. Deep, yep, deep summer. And she's barely in Gattaca and the Truman Show, so Andrew Nichol like, liked her, apparently. She went, in the, uh, she went deep into the reality television. <laughs> I see what you did there. I'm sorry, just don't buy them as a couple. It, 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 <laughs> was, it was surprising when that suddenly emerges in the where it's like, oh, she's sewing his head and they're kissing. Okay, like that's, apparently they're together. That's not something I would have guessed. Wow, he borrowed those binoculars from Luke Skywalker. It has it has nothing to do with the fact, with anything beyond the fact they just they don't have chemistry. <laughs> that's the problem. Like, yeah, Treat yeah. Treat Williams is the only person that has chemistry with anybody else in this movie. <laughs> And that chemistry was third period. <laughs> that's that's not even a joke. That's, like, <laughs> that's just a non sequitur. That's somehow funny. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I get like maybe it's just a model. I'm really trying to figure out this boat. The people on it when they were showing them in the last shot where they were standing on it. I could tell they're not CG people. But it could just be and green it, screen and they put the people on it later. Yeah, maybe just the, the footage did not look right, so they just distorted it to make it look otherworldly or weird. Yeah. So people 20 years later would be doing a commentary baffled at the wizardry. We really need to consult Rob Britton, the special effects team that brought us Star Wars and Total Recall. Yes. <laughs> What's West Studi coming off of? He's had he's had Street Fighter, obviously. That's ninety four though, so there's still a little time. Let's see, probably a couple things that cat Heat. He's in Heat, right? Yeah, um, right. Mm-hmm. I imagine things that cast him as a stereotypical Indian. Yep, there you go, Crazy Horse. <laughs> that was easy enough. He was in Mystery Men soon after this. After this, yeah. Uh, yep. You must master your powers, or your powers to become your master. Mystery Men with Claire Forlani. Claire Perlani, mm. yep. Yep, another Claire Perlani. I love this. Claire Perlani. I, I would, I would love to do a commentary track for Mystery Man. I love that movie. Oh, that was a good one. It's a great, so it's, so if, great. If they if they remade that now, or just even it just released it now, it'd be it work because it's it was ahead of its time. It really it really t- goes after the superhero genre in a clever way. There were movies in the nineties. I always remember, like people talk about them now and stuff. But I always remember for some reason, going to the theater, opening weekend to empty theaters, and that was, Mystery Men was one of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like, Basketball was one of them, Office Space, uh, Big Lebowski, I just remember just, what, nobody wants to see this? <laughs> and then enjoying the hell out of the movie, and I didn't see Deep Rising in the theater, but I imagine it would have been a similar experience. But yeah, when you said Mystery Men, I was like, I always get flashback to, yep, I remember walking in and being like, no one's here. Yeah, I, I had a similar experience with Mystery Men. <laughs> it's the, the, Friday the... night. <laughs> like, what's going on? 
I saw the stream in a theater. I had a blood, my dad and I saw it in a theater. We saw that, and I think like Bowfinger came out either that same weekend or like the weekend after. And it was just like, there's a lot of great comedy right now. I don't know what people are doing, but they're not seeing these great right. movies. And they all claim they all oh, they love them now, but I'm like, where were you opening weekend or the weekend after? Nowhere. Yeah. Look, at this, look at this special effects scene. They're walking up a boat. Oh man! See, we talked about Hard Rain on Cult Cinema Calvacate as well, but Jet Ski. Yep. That was the thing in 1998, January, guys. Oh yeah. I, always, I mean, I, I didn't have any water route to my to my school, but I always had you know someone pulling me behind in a trailer while I was on my sweet jet ski. <laughs> I had to be on it at all times. Good thing they had the establishing shot of those jet skis, by the way, or else it would seem too random for a climax of this movie. Right. You're right, there, there's like a Predator vibe going here, except that all of these guys are assholes, except pre right. Predator, I like the people. <laughs> yeah. You got yeah. Shane Black telling jokes, Bill Dukes just being awesome, Jesse Ventura's mm -hmm. being a real sexual tyrannosaur as he describes himself, and of course you got Apollo Creed in Terminator. So, I mean, it, you know, that crew, right. that crew's killing it. Uh, right. <laughs> these guys are like, well, Wes Duty and Jaimon are here, but what, else, what the hell else we got? Cliff Curtis is just being like a, uh -huh. like a, like a sex deviant, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's a scene later where somebody has like a bunch of like Playboy bunnies on a wall and he's like, oh, my future ex-wives. Like, okay. <laughs> Is that Kano from Mortal Kombat? That's him, right? That guy? Yeah, that's him right yeah. there. Okay. We'll pull your heart out. <laughs> yeah, that one guy, okay, the uh, not John on the other black guy with the mustache. Not Ernie Hudson. He, not Ernie Hudson. <laughs> he looks like he walked off the set of some like other movie where he played like a SWAT guy. Yeah, he, he the said, other. He's like mm -hmm. feels out of place with the group. He's he looks it, it looks like a, a SWAT movie side character with two lines. He's got all these pouches on himself, and this guy's name is Clifton Powell, and he works. Look at his IMDb yeah. page. He has like like twenty Jeez things Louise. in like filming, post production, pre production <laughs> completed. This guy's work. This is a working actor, people. Working black actor. Around this time, he was in Rush Hour and um, uh -huh. the the breaks. A lot of movies. Yeah. Next Friday. This guy's got yeah. He's got a huge filmography. He's in like seven things a year. <laughs> That's a character actor right there, guys. He's coming right off of Phantoms uh, into this. Oh man, so he's having a great year. <laughs> Tell you guys, Koontz is better than King, man. That's what they're saying. They do Phantoms again; it'll double it. Trust I'd, me. I tell you, Odd Thomas is great. It just reminds me of that scene in Jane Silent Bob with Ben Affleck. Phantoms like a motherfucker. <laughs> Pardon my French. Man, is he in Odd Thomas? I want to see. There's <laughs> a good chance he could be. Damn it, he's not. Okay. That would have been great. Anyway, John get used to get used to this volumetric lighting, guys, because there's a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> so the the, uh, the the premise is kind of neat here. So it's like you ha you've introduced like this crew of smugglers or whatnot, and then you introduce like this really fancy cruise ship. And the idea is the cruise ship's gotten already blown, like, taken out, and, it, like, it's just like a, it's a haunted house now. 
And so you just throw these guys in there. Like, it, as so you see some Predator vibes, I guess, as far as, like, a crew coming in to explore something and a monster's there. But you actually get a view of what it looked like beforehand. So they spent a lot of money to make a really decadent-looking, like, uh, cruise ship. And now it's just, like, this wasteland full of blood and nonsense. And at, first you think it's, at first you think it's a heist movie. And then you think it's a disaster movie. And then it ends up being a monster movie. It's you know, everything. A house movie. Yeah. It's everything to all people. How did this flop at the box office, guys? It has it's, like everything. A, it's a Swiss Army movie. It's got comedy. It's, those... it's got romance. <laughs> it's one of those I'd like to show somebody, because the title doesn't really give it away. You know, Deep Rising uh, is the most generic of titles. <laughs> yes. I'd love to show someone blindly like what's going on, because see where they go with it. Because um, I'll never forget the time I... Just randomly showed my dad from dust till dawn of course, back, yes. in the, back in the day and he had no idea like he didn't know, know anything about it mm-hmm. and he was thrown for a loop when vampires showed up in that movie yeah but he, he was really intrigued and sat up in his seat and was like whoa okay what's harvey Cantel's really giving it to him <laughs> yeah <laughs> whoa what happened <laughs> danny Trejo's still alive i don't understand <laughs> right <laughs> i thought that cheech Marin looked funny wait a minute they're alien vampires <laughs> No, I'm in food service. By law, you have to have an emergency exit from the inside of a walk-in cooler. I just need to mention that. Not on Argonautica. <laughs> on Argonautica, so. there's there's no need because there's never emergencies. Of course. Of course you know, this, movie, this movie I, I, could be a lost tie-in. Speaking of Argonautica, it reminds me of Oceania. It ends, it, like, this is basically a prequel. It could be. I consider this a prequel to Lost. That's how it ends. <laughs> it ends with them on an island with spoilers for people that are somehow listening to this commentary and never seen Deep Rising. I guess that could be a lot of people, actually, come to think of it. But, but, and um, you chose to listen with us first. Yeah. So, you're, you're, we're honored, for one thing. But yeah, it ends as a Lost prequel, right? They get on a mysterious island and, like, mm-hmm. some kind of smoke monsters in the background, like, roaring. Right. That's what happens. Could yeah. very well be. They needed to go back. <laughs> oh, we. By the way, this movie does have a catchphrase for Treat Williams. It's now what? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I can. I want to. And again, I only imagine Harrison Ford saying it. Now what? Now what? Now you what? know why didn't they put that on the poster? Like now, like under the jet ski of him and Fomka, the tentacles. Like now, now what? what? <laughs> Better than full scream ahead. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Take that much. I couldn't find any other alternate titles for this movie, by the way. I was like so curious. Like, that can't tentacle. be. Like... Oh, yeah, it was tentacle. That's right. It was tentacle. Yeah, yeah, it was tentacle. I guess also isn't that revealing. Um, although, I guess it. I don't know what the, I don't know what the logic Hollywood pictures have for this movie. They don't want they want no stars, an obscure title, low budget. Now what? Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. Now what? Speaking of critics, this movie did not get good reviews. Uh, Roger Ebert, in particular, hated this movie. <laughs> but he does have a, a great review about it. Oh, Rog. Yeah, it was on his most hated list. Mm-hmm. I, I have the, the second paragraph in particular. I'm going to read his review right now because we got some time. Um, he writes, uh, Do you think they have meetings in Hollywood to share the latest twists? I've been seeing the same gimmicks in a lot of different pictures. Evidence, no sooner does the snake in Anaconda release a slimy survivor from its innards than the squid in Deep Rising does the same thing. No sooner is there an indoor jet ski chase in Hard Rain than there's one in Deep Rising. No sooner does a horrible monster crawl out of air ducts in Alien Resurrection than it does in Deep Rising. 
And last week I saw Phantoms, which is sort of deep rising meets alien and goes west. In that one, the creature emerged from the depths of Earth rather than the sea, but had the same nasty practice of leaving behind piles of undigested remains. So, I guess Ebert was just bored. <laughs> he, was just, he was just bored of seeing a lot of the same stuff. When you pitch the next week's movie using the previous week's movie, that's great. Yeah, it doesn't tend to help, right? Like, you, get that on the poster off. fast. Well, it's, it's like, like it's Phantoms. I was watching, um, what is it, the, the Versace show on, um, on FX. That's what, oh. that's, what it, that's what it's called, the Versace show. The Versace <laughs> show, sure. It's with an exclamation point. The Versace show, that's what they call it. Uh, but they had a preview for the show Trust that Danny Boyle's uh, putting together on FX, which is a retelling of the story of, of John Gotti and his son, or his grandson is kidnapping. That might sound familiar. It's because it just came out as a Ridley Scott film, All the Money in the World. And I'm like, wow, I'm seeing this again. Well, I mean, that was the, uh, um, oh, never mind. That was the Getty family, though, right? Yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying is, I mean, we're talking about movie, you know, Phantoms comes out right, before right. this movie. I'm, I'm literally seeing another adaptation of the same Paul, John Paul Getty story of all people, like weeks after I saw that movie. Right. Plus, I mean, if you saw as many movies as Roger did, you'd notice those patterns. Oh, for and, sure. Or more than a normal moviegoer would, you know. I tend to not think too much of it as one that you know goes to these screenings every week and sees a lot of you know sees tons of movies every year, but. There are some very note. I mean, jet skis. I mean, how often do you see jet yeah, skis right. in, in major action movies? That's true. Was that our first shot of a monster in some capacity? That tentacle? I think yeah, so. Because so. we didn't see in the the first victim. All we saw, we yeah. saw get sucked down the toilet. Yeah. That was it. What year's volcano in deep in um, deep impact? Or not? Uh, uh, um, is it ninety eight? Um, Dante's 98. Dante's Peak. Ninety eight. Yeah. Is it ninety eight? think so uh, 97 97 it's 97 okay i was gonna because i was like there can't be that many because this is also the year of, this 98 is the year of deep impact in armageddon and this movie in phantoms and hard rain i guess <laughs> that matters future commentary volcano dante's peak side by side at the same yeah probably, whoa <laughs> i think dante's peak is a little longer if i had to get let me see i'm gonna look that up right now actually <laughs> volcano that has to be like I guess I'd be more specific. Volcano movie. I can't just say volcano into Google and expect to get the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hour 44. Dante's Peak has to be two hours. That movie seems long. By the way, this creature is called the Octolus. Oh, good. Is that on? Is, is Octolus versus Reptilicus. Did you find that right. on ForgottenMovieCreatures.com? No, I found it on uh, acid, <laughs> was it acid Glow on, uh, on, uh, um, on YouTube. So. Oh, good. Hour forty. You know what? They actually are pretty close in runtime. Hour forty nine for Dante's Peak. This could be pilot. We could make this happen. Dude, both movies at the same time, just like our famous Step Up commentary. Mm-hmm. That's where uh, Jordan, Allen, Abe, and I we watched all at the time uh, three Step Up movies simultaneously and recorded a commentary track. It was a good. It was a good commentary. Wow, it's an old one too. It's one of our older commentary tracks. Step Up to the commentary. That's right. So- that's a lot of stepping up. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could do that with the Pitch Perfect movies now that there are three of those. No. <laughs> it's not only ac- only it's if not, you agree to do an impossible. acapella beat the whole time, Jim. Uh, pa- hard pass. You're getting a lot of mileage out of the pipes in this scene. Oh, yeah. Totally. 
Like I said, there's more of that volumetric lighting. This whole, yes. like the whole second half of this movie is lit like that. I noticed it's like always light through like gratings on top of this. On oh, the, well, the, the, the the deep budget, deep rising's uh, grading budget was famously high, so they had all the all the grading. <laughs> they blew all the money. They blew all the money on the sequence earlier with the stunts. So all the money, all the money in the world. Um, yeah. Wherever things are about like long winding pipes or hanging chains in dark wet areas, that's a big trope. I mean, the movie is was you know at the time called Tentacle, so it makes sense. Please turn away so we can see the monster. Oh my God! He forgot to flush. Yeah. <laughs> I was too busy looking at these centerfolds. Oh, the, the running theme also between the characters is that everybody hates Treat Williams and Kevin J. O'Connor. <laughs> like that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty much the basis of this whole movie. You guys are standing around doing nothing, but I blame you for everything bad that's happening to our crew. <laughs> And especially Kevin G. O'Connor's character. He's the only one that can keep the boat running, but they beat him up and, and just constantly abuse him. That's Kevin J. O'Connor in general. Like Steven Summers loves beating mm-hmm. up his buddy Kevin J. O'Connor. <laughs> like he, as Benny and the mummy, as uh, what's it, um uh what's his name? Um Igor and Van Helsing. He's he's like one random guy in G.I. Joe. Like he's he's everywhere and he's always getting like this like henchman type character or like a sidekick and just like getting beat up by people. <laughs> And she just is not going to get in that safe tonight. Oh, we're going to lose Jaimon now, which is really sad. Mm-hmm. Really, because it's so like, of all the ways to die in this movie, Jaimon's just like, oh, an axe to the head. <laughs> and not by the... Not by, yeah, not by the monster, by fucking the warden. <laughs> yeah. Saint, Trillion St. James! Oh, they happen to, like, kill, like, three uh, more passengers on the ship, <laughs> Those are those jumping bullets. They spray a tiny closet-sized room full of bullets, and, of course, they don't hit these two guys. Oh, man, I found the AV Club's random roles with Treat Williams. I'm going to see what he has to say about Deep Rising. Oh, nice. He rose to the occasion. Which you're making it was a real treat. Here we go. Here's his par- Here's Treat Williams' paragraph on making Deep Rising as John Finnegan. Fun, just fun. I love that movie. Just six months of freezing cold water up in Vancouver, Canada. But a great cast, some of whom have become very big movie stars since then. I'll say. And a wonderful director of a great mind, Stephen Summers. Just a really terrific great guy. Probably the most energetic director I've ever come across. I'm proud of that film. I think that film's fun. Unfortunately, it came out right on the heels of Titanic. Once you've seen one boat sink, ellipsis. <laughs> he knows where it's at. He knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, because it has the same emotional impact too. So, <sighs> yeah, this movie did not do well. It uh, only made eleven million domestically. I, I imagine the budget had to be like probably like thirty, right? That seems like a, yeah. a guess. Uh, a budget's not available on box office mojo, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'd guess. Oh wait, I see it on Wikipedia. It says forty-five. Oh, okay, yeah, that sounds about right. The visual effects and whatnot. 
it's made it back in home video and uh, you know re- uh, revival screenings for sure, right? Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that I'm sure that James the James Horner or sorry Jerry Goldsmith soundtrack Goldsmith. was like off. The, you know, just yeah. they had to keep filling up the shelves. We're just ten years away from Deep Rising 2049. We're good. Here's the here's a trailer shot right here. The greats all moving like that, which is fun. I like that. That's a fun shot. Like hide the monster, but have you know something clever go on. Do what you can with the repetitive sets. I mean, it works. I like it. Yeah. yeah like for most of like Famke's in like her own movie for a lot of this. It's just trying because she's trying to escape everybody. <laughs> right. What's happening? She doesn't even know there's a monster yet, right? She's just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> something something happened. I'm trying to get the hell out of here. <laughs> No, no, no cruise ship can contain Trillion St. James. The most vile man in the galaxy. <laughs> wow, there was a fan-made uh, tra- trailer for Deep Rising 2. Oh, what's, oh. It, what's it use footage from? Phantoms? Lost? I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I'm afraid to click on it, to be honest. There's also a fanfic uh, for the Deep Rising 2. The, I further, guess there the, was... the further adventures of John Finnegan? I guess. That's what Try I guess Island what... Tentacles. Boom. Hi, we're the only people who don't want to kill you. <laughs> Do these guns never need to reload? I forget. Like, is there something about... Because I, I can't recall them reloading these guns ever. I don't think so. I haven't seen them reload yet. Mm-hmm. So, Aaron, what would you... So, Stephen Summers... He did the first two mummies, and then, or he did the two mummies and a Van Helsing. Um, he didn't do mummy, the third mummy. No, that was a classic. What Rob, would you? That was a Rob Cohen joint. What would you yeah. prefer? Do you like Van Helsing or the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor better? Oh, Van Helsing, easily. I don't. I don't like yeah. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. <laughs> I have to agree. Right. Yeah, if I if you were to sit me down, and I had to watch one of those. It, it would be Van Helsing for sure. Well, that would be, that's not even a tough choice for me. I I, yeah. I straight up do not like the third Mummy movie as much as I wanted to because I like the first two Mummy movies. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. this is this is not good. I mean, the the key thing was like what Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz having like chemistry yeah. together, and they're like, well, she's gone, and Maria Bella's here, and it's like, all right, that whatever. And, and you have then, one of the most boring action directors. Yeah, Rob Cohen, thing. and you have what the son's like all grown up, and it's played by. Who the hell cares? <laughs> Next great white actor. It's like he's not even on the Worthington Headland level of white actor, bland white actor. He's not even he's not even Jai Courtney. Like it's not even a young Jai Courtney in that movie. It's just some other guy I can't even name. Like we don't. It's like in, I have to like, look it up now because I'm so frustrated about the mummy third mummy movie. <laughs> right. It's like we want oh a new mummy movie where. Oh, we can't even get people back, and then you're wanting to pass a torch when I just want to see another adventure with these people. Like, like Oded Fair said no. <laughs> like, come on. Right. <laughs> and he's great. Him and John Hanna. John Hanna came back at least, but even then, it's like, you know. Luke I mean, Ford. Who is Luke Ford? <laughs> What's he in? Luke Ford. He's in the Animal Kingdom movie, which I like, but I cannot recall who he was in it. He's, I assume, one of the brothers. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. There's, there's nothing else here for Luke Ford. Yeah, the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Empire was not the start of a you know a, a promising career for another young white actor. Okay, and then he he did GI Joe, 
But he didn't get to do the second one. Uh, G.I. Joe, uh, Bruce Willis cashes the check. Um, which... <laughs> I, I like that. Uh, the problems of G.I. Joe was like, well, we should probably get rid of the director. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was our issue. <laughs> what was? Yeah, which one do you like better of the G.I. Joes? I, it's honestly negligible. <laughs> yeah, I would have. Yeah. I would say that. I, mean, I would you, say you, that too. I mean, I think the first the first one does have the Stephen Summers fun of it. And it and if I I gotta watch it again. I haven't watched that movie since the second one came. Did we do a commentary on GI Joe? Actually, come to think of it, I wasn't a part of it. I was not a part of it either. I, Scott yeah. Mendelson would be. I know that if if we did. But yeah, I, he likes GI Joe a lot. But the I, Rise of the Cobra one. I, really. I have to. Damn, I have to. Really, <laughs> we've done so many I, commentaries. I, I really have to think about this for a second. If we did a commentary for GI Joe, I will give a credit for Rise of the Cobra. They made one of the dumbest things in the trailer, the body suits, a really cool action yeah. sequence. It, no, it was much cool. And I saw the trailer, I'm like, that looks so stupid. And then I saw it, when I when I saw the movie, I was like, that was kind of cool. I gotta, like, that's one of the, that's another example of Marlon Wayne's is actually pretty good in movies that aren't, you know, Wayne's Brothers movies. And I, I mean, and I, it, like, the first scary movie's fine. There's, like, some that work, but, like, he's, he, I mean, Requiem for a Dream, like, he's... He is capable in other movies, and I, it's always strange that he's not utilized more. He was almost Robin. I mean, he could. Yep, he was almost Robin, yeah. Almost. Scott Mendelson and Jordan Grout. And you, Jim, you were on that commentary track. <laughs> For G.I. Joe? For G.I. Joe, you were on that commentary. Wow, I do not remember that. I must have blanked it out of my memory. I mean, wow. I didn't remember that we did it, so, I mean, it's not like you're in your company here. <laughs> kind of fell into a Derek O'Connor hole looking here all the different movies. I hate to take in. this in a in a weird spin, but remember like was it Mrs. Peregrine uh with Tim Burton yeah, was getting yeah. attacked for being like a whitewashing racist guy when he was the guy that gave us a black Harvey Dent and then was refused a black Robin. Yeah. Right. And, and but yeah, it's it's funny. I was like, wait, didn't he get attacked for being You mean Tim Burton's X Men? Tim Burton's X Men, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like where I, I've talked about this, where I, I did call the problem there. That said, I don't think it's it's not. I don't think it was Tim Burton. I think it was more Fox thinking or just not looking at it, going, "Huh, we have a school of white kids, and Sam Jackson's the villain." Like it just seems like it's the kind of thing that easily like went over everybody's head until like someone said, "Like, did you guys see this obvious like kind of problem ish type thing?" Mm. Uh, yeah, that's at a, sure. that's at a studio level. Derek O'Connor plays the the. Captain in this was in a Lethal Weapon 2. I'm pretty sure he's one of the diplomatic community guys. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Getting back to our thing on G.I. Joe, relating it to Summer <laughs> yeah. Summers. Um, I, have to, I haven't watched it since probably doing this commentary track. Uh, but because I've, I've since, like, I, Channing Tatum was getting, becoming, like, more of a, like, a, oh, this is the kind of actor he is at that point. And so now, knowing all we know about Chad, I'm curious to see just how well he does in that movie. Because I remember him being like, oh, that's that bland guy from Step Up. And since then, he's become, you know, a much more he enjoyable pretty, screen presence. But he's he also, pretty he, terrible in G.I. Joe. He also, I mean, he, he also hates that movie. He didn't want to do it, as he said in like, yeah. interviews. Like, right. He, he, he took it because they, you know, you got to, you know, make that money. And become right. Hopes, well, build that brand. My favorite thing with Channing Tatum is we've gotten to, like, watch him steadily improve as a performer. Like, he's a guy that just wasn't, like, stale, 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 stale. Why they keep putting this guy in a movie? Eventually, it's not that he grows on you. You actually see him improve as an actor. And then even the Soderbergh stuff, he's really good, too. It's a, it's a mix of that and seeing, like, just how interesting he clearly is in film. 
Like, cause right. I mean, he was like heavily involved in those magic Mike movies as far as like writing, producing and whatnot. Like he, right. And like just the film process seems to very much intrigue him. And even listening to him talk about movies and interviews and stuff, like he knows his stuff. Like he's, he's a guy that's really knowledgeable about this kind of thing. And so, yeah, being Soderbergh's current muse, Certainly, it's paid off. I mean, he's done a lot yeah. of good stuff. Like, so what? The, I, I the kind of feel bad. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say that I just watched Logan Lucky again, which is terrific. Yeah. And he's really oh, good yeah. in it. Like, it's such a good great. Movie. Like, it's such a. It so plays against like, like GI Joe Channing Tatum because he's playing a guy with like a limp, somewhat kind of heavy set, broken down ex husband with a with a daughter. Like, is he's such a like a a not the kind of guy you would see Channing Tatum in the Channing Tatum of GI Joe or. Or, or the for, or step up and it's like okay this this guy really you know he knows how to branch out i wouldn't say he's like the most versatile of actors but he's oh, no. a certain presence that works right i would i've always felt kind of bad for him because i mean all these years he's had to keep his cajun accent and his card flipping skills up they keep shuffling gambit around over and over i mean well, we just lost the director for it again this week i think well as we know gambit is the toughest of cookies to crack when it comes to hollywood movies apparently how do we make this work we have a white guy he's in an action movie what do we do <laughs> Yeah, hey. yeah, G.I. Joe, I mean, the first one has the Steven Summers energy, but the second one, you add the rock in there, and it's like, well, you know, it doesn't hurt. No. And that one's got some good moments in it, too. It's got some cool, like, the thing I like, I was looking forward to was John M. Chu was the director on that one, who directed Step Up. Oh, that's two, right, right, right. Step Up 3, who makes good action, like, uh, in, in dance form. So I was like, okay, let's see how he does in this form. It didn't work out that well, but there's some, there's some stuff in there that's creative. Like was Retaliation the one with the Bruce Willis cameo? Yeah. Okay, and, and Jonathan, they, Price, Jonathan Price was in that one. Jonathan okay. Price, and they, like, blow up all of London and nobody seems to care. It's, it's a weird movie. <laughs> but they didn't bring back uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as, um, as a Cobra Commander, which is a shame. Yeah. Because <laughs> he is great as Cobra Commander in the first G.I. Joe movie. Right. And they even, uh, that's, yeah. I think what I really like about G.I. Joe is they have, like, the really corny flashback where, like, they all used to be friends, and they, like, show all that. Oh, because they had to show Ugh. Joseph Gordon-Levitt without his mask. Without his mask, exactly. Let's get back to Deep Rising. We're talking a lot about G.I. Joe. Um, oh, this part's awesome. Yeah, here's a guy that's, like, half-digested by the monster. <laughs> oh, boy. And it's really disgusting. Yeah. But you can also see how this leads right to the mummy. Like, you can see, like, him yeah. doing mummy-type stuff with the same kind of scene. No, it's, it's a good, it's a good practical he, effect. Like, no, I think it's practical. It's really, yeah, it's... Well, they, I mean, some of his head's gone. It's like a guy wearing makeup and a green screen mask, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. The The CGI of the actual tentacles wasn't too bad for this period. For I mean, this period, yeah. Like it's, it holds up because it's fast and blurry. And, a bit, and wet. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They got that wet texture down back then. Yeah, it's that, yeah. And they have the close-ups on actual tentacles, so that helps. Too. Right. Right. But like I, I don't tend to go to Steven Summers as far as the one to solve my visual effects problem because again he yeah. he likes to go big and so it doesn't always work. I think what helps the mummy a lot, well, is the characters obviously, and so because you have that that's such a strong element of the first mummy that you don't necessarily mind how cheesy the mummy kind of looks. But there's some really effective scenes in the mummy too, like that desert chase and every like then with the plane and everything. Like there's some really cool stuff. The second mummy does go pretty overboard <laughs> with the Scorpion King and all that. Yeah, a little bit. 
And then G.I. Joe right. has like aqua ninjas and all kinds of nonsense going on. Like there's all the things. It's funny that you mentioned it. Now I, I didn't notice uh, watching it the other day that you're right. These guns have everlasting bullets. Yeah, I think that's like, mm-hmm. I think that's something like West Sudi has like a whole monologue about the guns and it's like some like special Chinese weapon that it's like, you know, custom and whatnot. So like it, there's some justification for why they can always use them. Here we go with the tentacles, which I guess are like Doc Ox tentacles. They're kind of like have their own mind. They know how to turn wheels. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. they got smarter. They remember. And it's like... <laughs> it's like, what? there's so much going on in this tentacle. Like it's, it's a tentacle, it opens, and there's more teeth yeah. inside the teeth, and then the teeth it have opens, a mouth. Open. Just charges at it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm charging at one of these. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm out of this situation at this point, guys. <laughs> Sorry, Treat Willie. Sorry, Finn. But she has, <laughs> how come they don't let her have a big gun? She has like this tiny little six shooter. Is this one of those unlimited ammo movies? Well, yeah. that's what we're discussing with the big guns. I mean, the big. Yeah. Can't remember. But, but I, well, I think West. I'm pretty sure West Studi explained it beforehand, even though it doesn't make any fucking sense. But who cares? <laughs> Just point off the screen and it will come all, all come back. Especially because the guns are so inconsequential. Like, they do nothing besides, like, I guess temporarily delay the tentacles. They make things splurt and get wet. Oh no, it's going to kill that guy. <laughs> oh, by the way, we definitely know that Anthony Held is, like, the worst person in this movie now, because he, like, he only built this ship so it could fail. <laughs> yep. So he could get the insurance money on it or whatever. Oh, he's gone. Ooh. Bye now. <laughs> it killed Cliff Curtis already, too, right? Like, it dragged him underwater. I think we were talking over that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they did already. So we got Jason Fleming, Clifton Powell, and Wes Studi as the, the, the mercenaries. Did it kill? Yeah, Kevin, did it kill Kevin J. O'Connor's girlfriend yet? Because she's on the boat, right? Yeah, I think they got her early. There's a lot. The, 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 compared to the Mummy, these characters are not as uh, not as memorable. So it's hard to keep the death orders straight if I'm not paying too much attention trying to do this commentary track. I'm so curious to listen to this GI Joe commentary, by the way, now because I know that you're on it. Yeah, I want to too. I do not. Seems like it's my favorite movie (laughs) of that summer. You know. I do not remember that commentary track at all. I have to go back and check it out myself. See, I'm telling you that grading budget. Look at all these shots through the grading they're doing right now. Uh, It's all railings and gratings and and pipes. It went to some like brewery or something to (laughs) fuck. Oh, and Anthony Held, in addition to being an asshole, he's also, like, an expert on, like, etymology and, like, and like biology and stuff, right? So he knows, like, all this stuff about this creature that no one knew existed before just now. I'm out of here, Chewie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's talk about Finn a bit for a second. His everyone's dressed in black, or the mercenaries are. 
Thomka Johnson finally found like a change of clothes, so she can do something that she can run around a boat in. Anthony Hill still has his tux on. Finn, he's got cargo pants, a black belt, a blue t-shirt, and an open button shirt on top of that. And I think he had a jacket tied around his waist earlier too. <laughs> Super nineties. Yep. Wow, lights on their guns. Never seen that in a movie. <clears throat> Aliens. Oh, sorry. Let's see. Steven Summers also wrote this movie because he writes his movies. But it has an uncredited rewrite by Robert Mark Kamen. Known for uh, Karate Kid. Never ask if anything could go worse in your horror movie. Mm-hmm. Never. <clears throat> now what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's kind of how I feel about this movie, too. Now what? (laughs) You remember 1998? Every time we left the theater, we said, now what? (laughs) Well, it's a good thing they marked that one pipe flammable like that. So there's a couple other movies that came out this weekend that are notable. Uh, One is Desperate Measures, which we also could have done a commentary track for, because I actually like that movie quite a bit. Did you grant one? No, Desperate Measures. That's that's, that's, um, Extreme Measures. Oh, Extreme Measures, okay. uh, Him and what, Sean Connery? Is that? Extreme Measures? It was the... Or is it Gene Hackman? Gene Hackman. I get... They're both in, like, a lot of random, like, doctor dramas in the 90s, so I get them confused. Uh, Desperate Measures is the one with Michael Keaton and Andy Garcia. Michael... Oh, Michael Keaton, that was it, yeah. Yeah, which is, I think it's a good little thriller. It's not great, but it's like, okay, the, the Michael Keaton's like a prisoner who has like the same bone marrow as Andy Garcia's right. sick son, so he needs a bone marrow transplant, but then Michael Keaton like breaks out of, of, of like prison, and so it's like, but he's like locked in this hospital, so he's trying to escape, and Andy Garcia's a cop trying to chase him down. Like, that's it's a fun one, it's a fine one. That, well, that, that's that kind of movie we talk about they don't make anymore. Oh yeah, it's like a, a little cheap adult thriller. Yeah, uh, with like you know, it's it's high concept. What if the killer could save your son? <laughs> the other movie that came out this weekend in limited release, I guess, is a Zero Effect with uh, Bill Pullman, a movie I love. Uh, Jake Kasdan's first film, uh, son of Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, is that the movie that's kind of like Memento but played for laughs? Uh, yeah, it's more. It's like Monk before Monk. Bill Pullman as a OCD detective. Uh, ben, oh, okay. Ben Stiller's his assistant. Great movie. Bill Pullman's fantastic. Kim Dickens is in there. Actually, Fear the Walking Dead's oh. Kim Dickens is in there. Uh, it was Jason, friend, uh, friend of the show, Wise the Blues, Jason Colbin. It was one of his um, Forgotten Friday films recently. Um, it's a fantastic like comedy mystery drama. Um, one of Ryan O'Neill's only good movies. Um, as far as his performance <laughs> goes, in my opinion, um, you no, know, it's it's a good one for sure. Do we do we say great expectations, Alfonso Cuarón? I didn't say it, um, but yeah, that also came out this weekend. The Alfonso uh, Cuarón uh, Great Expectations with uh, Ethan Hawke, Gwyneth Paltrow, De Niro. But yeah, Deep Rising debuted at number eight at the box office. <laughs> four top million, ten. Four point seven million. Top top ten. Top 10 in one week of uh, 2018. It's uh, right right in front of Fallen, which we did a commentary for previously, which came out three weeks earlier. Yeah. And Hard Rain, which we already discussed. Half-Baked and 
Flappy and the Stinkers. <laughs> Whatever that is. Here's a scene right out of the Alien Resurrection. People swimming yeah. in the water as monsters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and of course, Spice World came out the week before this as well. Well, no wonder nobody saw this then. Yeah, they were busy trying to see if they could tell them what they want, what they really, really want. And it was not deep rising. That's crazy. There's a lot of movies like I remember quite well in this one month. Yeah. No, this is... This is a, I mean, it's a, it's this a, is January. Yeah, it's January, and it's a weird month for movies that play on cable a lot. It's like, <laughs> I know it, it could never have been planned that way, but it feels like the the studios were throwing whatever they could to take down Titanic, you know? Mm-hmm. We got this Treat Williams movie about tentacles and hitting a, hitting a boat. We got, you know... Oh, there's yeah. a there's a certain movie that I have in mind for my next cult cinema cavalcade appearance in this month okay. as well. <laughs> Got the latest Gwyneth Paltrow movie that'll take it down. No, hard Chris- No, the the Christmas weekend that followed Titanic's opening is kind of amazing because it's as good as it gets. Jackie Brown, The Postman, which is god awful, uh. Mr. Magoo, uh. which is also god awful, Wag the Dog, which is pretty great, and American Werewolf in Paris. Oh, geez. That's Christmas weekend '97. <laughs> I, I was at American Werewolf in Paris. Um, yeah, I was there. That's all I can I was, I was there too. I had to wait till HBO <laughs> to see that one, but I do fondly remember the Bush song that went with it. Yep, they Mouth. had a, Mouth. a remix album just for that song. Yeah. Your mouth. Uh, nothing hurts. Yeah. Remember Bush? Yep, that was a thing. I like that CD. <laughs> <laughs> I, like that, I like that one. Uh, they had a, I, I, I was if the moment I was I was young. They were I, mean, I, like, I like Bush of the Titans. It's more like I don't listen to them now, but at the same, I like oh. I think Gavin Ross. I go back. Voice. He's got voice, but if you ever pay attention to his lyrics, man, that it's like wait, who, what? Yeah, they're very yeah. uh, very depressing. <laughs> and a lot of word salad too. Yeah, yeah, that's what. It, yeah. Uh, half baked. I like half baked a lot. Yeah, me too. I don't want to get into February because we we will discuss that when we get to our next commentary. <laughs> but, uh, right. But there's there's some ones that happened that month too. <laughs> yep. Are we doing replacement killers? <laughs> no, Blues Brothers. <laughs> Blues Brothers two thousand. <laughs> oh jeez, I might be sick. No, we got uh, we, no, we, we got I'm we gonna... got. There's a good one planned. Uh, actually, it's the it will be the best of the three commentaries we do between January, February, and March. So. Oh, actually, that's I arguable knew, because I, I haven't decided on March yet. But there's one we could do, but I think it might be difficult. But we'll see. I knew we were gonna do kissing a fool sometime. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. Well, <laughs> kissing a fool and then Twilight just to get those clicks, mm-hmm. those accidental clicks. I, I thought you. about that for a half second. What if we did Twilight just for the sake of having the movie Twilight title in our commentary, even though it's not that Twilight, and only using the logo as like a the picture? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is where Clifton Powell dies. He used a bomb. See ya. Treat is down to the t-shirt. Well, it, yeah, it's getting it's getting hot in there. It's a, lot of, a lot of the watery ship is on fire now. Oh wait a minute! The Apostle came out the same week too, with uh, um, a week? limited release. Yeah, in January thirtieth, nineteen ninety eight, Duval movie. I don't even. Yeah, I know the Apostle. I, I don't even uh, see yeah. it on the list here. Uh, according to filmjabber.com. Oh, no. I'm going to look at February, see if I can guess. 
Oh, I think I know where you're going. It's, okay. it's the end of February. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. definitely know where you're going. There. Yeah, I, I I saw one time. I was like, "Yep, that's what we're gonna be doing." Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one that we that already has a great commentary, but we'll do one anyway. <laughs> How many is that? The second one from that director? Yes, it will be the second one from that. A lot of hints, a lot of teasing in this commentary. Check for the next commentary. That's how interesting Deep Rising is right now, is they're all in this one. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, we've seen this room before. That's good continuity, right? That's right, yeah. (laughs) Is one of Anthony Hell, like, does he only have one um, thing on his glasses? Like, the other one's broken off? It looks like it. I think so. It's been cockeyed since they yeah. found him. So, it's <laughs> making it work. I'm sure that was a character choice he made. If you want to have a good drinking game when you're watching Deep Rising, <laughs> uh, anytime somebody pulls a gun on another member of the the crew here, mm-hmm. take a drink. You'll be you'll be soused by the first 45 minutes. <laughs> right before they even leave the little boat to go to the big boat. Right. There's another one. Yes, it's all Treat Williams' fault. This giant octopus is in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now he's pulling a gun on Wes Studi? I don't think so. <laughs> you could probably guess what Steven Summers' highest grossing film is, but what do you think it is? Uh, the Mummy Returns? Yeah, it's Mummy Returns. I mean, that movie was that movie was a hit in 2000. That movie was breaking all kinds of things. Everybody was ready. Because it was like, at the time, $200 million was not something that was easily attainable. And so it was like, oh, this movie made $200 million at the box office. Now it's like you you took how long to make two hundred fifty million dollars? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember the the first mummy I, that was like the surprise. It was like a it was like a well yeah because it came and it was like whoa this is really good. Well because it what came out the week before? Well it was after the Matrix was already like that was March but it was still that was like you know that was a right. big, like big deal and yeah mummy was yeah like the summer kickoff movie. And like, and, and uh, was it uh, episode one was coming that Memorial Day right. weekend or, or like the weekend before Memorial Day. So it was like, that was going to be the hit. But like, it's like, oh, this mummy movie is really good and people like it because it's making a lot of money. Like it was doing its thing. Mm-hmm. What? Why are you all looking at me like that? I forgot the 13th floor was a summer release. That didn't go well. <laughs> Craig Bierko well, yeah. did not strike out with that one. Well, you all acted so weird. You're acting like something's behind me or something. Boy, if I just turned around, I would see it, too. That's, yeah, there's the other trailer shot. You see, like, it has all the ammo, but these guns do nothing against these tentacles. <laughs> like... I know. Might as well be yelling at it. That same summer, 99, Instinct. With Anthony Hopkins, uh, see that's another one that falls into that like extreme extreme uh, measures and um, God, there's like a number of them with with like actors like that with Hopkins or Hackman or Connery where they all just kind of blend together. Yeah, because Anthony Hopkins did a bunch that just were yeah. like the, the posters were all just him and another actor. Like it's not even like it. But what was the one? The most recent uh, one I can think of is Fracture with Ryan Gosling. That's like the last right. one of those I can think of. But there was right. the one with was it was it him and Alec Baldwin out in the woods? The edge. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the edge. Yeah, that, yeah, that had a poster that was just like those, where it was like Hopkins on one side, him on the other, a title and whatever. Yeah. 
more grates okay. blowing up. <laughs> I know. More pipes, more grates. <clears throat> Deep Rising, beyond um, Stephen Summers' first film, Catch Me If You Can, um, which is obviously the inspiration for Steven Spielberg's Catch Me If You Can. Um, uh, Deep Rising is his lowest grossing film, which is below The Adventures of Huck Finn um, from 93 and The Jungle Book, because Disney was getting those bucks back then. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, people just did not want to see this movie, <laughs> probably because they didn't have enough unrecognizable actors in it. <laughs> yeah, too many names. Yeah. I'll keep people out of your movie. Sure. That's a Jason Fleming was in Jungle Book, so that his recognizable name wasn't uh, keeping him back. It's weird to think that Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Jason Fleming's like the most recognizable actor in that movie <laughs> at that time. Where you have Vinnie yeah. Jones and Jason Statham, number of mm-hmm. number of older English actors that I guess probably also recognizable for their time, but you know haven't been doing too much at that point. Is that Statham's first film? It has to be, right? Lockstock, unless there's something random. Early Statham. Yeah, I, I know he was he was in a video for the Shaman, uh, the techno band in the in their late nineties. There, so. yeah, of course, we all know that. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Oh, here's a green screen. Hmm. <laughs> Everybody, look at the screen. <laughs> hey, look out! Look at this. There's lots of bodies, pink skeletons, blood. Wow. Everywhere. Just uh, yep. Keep looking. More shots, please. It is pretty disgusting. Okay, no. <laughs> what they're looking at. Yeah. Fatality. I like all the zooms and then the pan there at the end of all of them. Huh. Lockstock is his first movie. There's a couple video shorts as as dancer. Yep. <laughs> I only know all that. I only knew about that because of my uh, my podcasting brother Donnie Salvo, the biggest Jason Statham fan in the world. Oh, that would help. Yeah, he actually got to listen to our podcast too. Oh, cool. Our friend uh, Chris Garner drove him to the airport and played the podcast in the car as he drove him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. They're going to wash all those bodies away. That'll be healthy. I'll help the cleaning crew. I mean, yeah. Run right. away from that green screen. <laughs> Run from the rear projection. Oh, yeah. The lighting's really good. I, w- <laughs> I wonder how many hallways they built for this movie because these look like all <laughs> the same hallway. Not nearly enough. <laughs> like, like, held and treat what they're like. There are different shots of like the exact same hallway. Oh, now they're in the same hallway, but like there's, there's a lot of repetition here. Like I said, the same lighting too. Oh no, not Femke Jensen in a wet white T-shirt. I recognize that. Here comes the best pairing in the movie. Wes Studi and Kevin J. O'Connor hanging out uh-huh. together for a while. He just throws a grenade without, like, doing anything to it. You're an idiot! I want to run away from the grenades. I'd be very curious to see this creature stretched out because these tentacles are insanely long as they travel the entire ship, even though there's like a central area yeah. for it. Right. 
First, they're trying to open the door. Now they're trying to close the door. What's going on? Oh, quick, run from that green screen again. There's the same door closing. Ah, <laughs> not the green screen. Oh, it's the same door from before. Okay, if we dutch these angles, this hallway's going to look different. It's so weird seeing West Studio with like short hair, like try like trying to look like this gruff kind of guy. Yeah. That said, I mean, props to the movie are just you know hiring a baddie. You know, he's not like he doesn't have to play Native American. Not that he's not you know great at doing that or doesn't like doing that kind of work. But it's like okay, just West Studio he, playing a badass. He's good at playing a badass. He is. Or a cop like Heat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> He's a badass cop. Yeah, he's a badass cop. He makes it. Buffalo Bill doesn't. He gets shot. Ted Levine. There's the island. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is not Penny's boat. <laughs> you came here in that thing? Why is she in that thought? What a piece of junk. What's even wrong with the boat? It looks like a boat. <laughs> is it floating? Will it get you off the death trap? Are there then... tentacles coming out of it? <laughs> no, I don't see any. I'm going to see if there's a random rules for Anthony Held and if he has any thoughts on uh, depressing. Boy, he's just not having a good day, is he? Irony. Oh, there is. Let's see if there's deep rising. Irony. There Whoa. is a deep rising. <laughs> oh, <great>. oh. <laughs> okay, here's Anthony Held's thoughts on deep rising. It's a film that takes place in 24 hours, and like with any movie, you're shooting out of sequence. You shoot what set you're in. My very first day in Vancouver, we shot the scene in which my character dies. The very last day, 17 weeks later, we shot the scene that leads up to that. My character went through a very minutely detailed deconstruction as the movie went on. His hair started to get mussed, he lost his tie, his shirt got ripped, his glasses got broken, and I sat down with the continuity person, and we worked out a chart so we knew exactly how the deconstruction was going to happen. And then we tried to stay with that so it made sense. I developed a very serious infection, a staph infection in my foot that I got from my initial, my infant daughter. Since so I was laid up for a good portion of the time, I would have had a, I would have to have a nurse come to my apartment every eight hours or to the set and give me antibiotics interve intravenously, and I was not allowed to go out and socialize, and this was right at the key time when everybody in the cast was bonding. So I felt extremely isolated. I was inactive, so I was balanced, so I was ballooning in weight, so it ended up not being a very terrific experience. I was excited about doing it because it was more money than ever been paid before or since for a single project. It ended up being a movie that I just did not get just did not get seen. It was about a cruise ship disaster and it opened a week, actually a month after Titanic. Nobody cared. So that sucks. Man. You didn't get to have fun on this movie. Like he's given a hammy he's, that it opened with Titanic. He he's given like a super hammy performance. Like he seems to be into it, but yeah, just he just didn't really enjoy the movie. And that's okay, so West Studi has just he just wasted his bullet. So what so West Studi shoots Kevin J. O'Connor to try to yeah. get away from the tentacles. Then he then Kevin J. O'Connor finds him mm -hmm. again and so and gives and he gives him a gun so he can shoot himself because he's being eaten by the tentacles and he and still tries to, him he, he still tries to shoot at Kevin J. O'Connor and that's the what last jerk. so the one time somebody <laughs> the one time someone runs out of ammo in this movie is by is West Duty basically 
giving up his own suicide so he can shoot somebody else, and then he can't shoot himself afterwards. <laughs> Obviously, I have to look up Wes Studi's random roles to see if we have for Isaac's mentioned. Does Jamon Hansu have one? He's like, wait, there was a tentacle monster in that movie? <laughs> I say I typed I, I typed West random random rules. <laughs> random rules. West studio. Nope. No West studio. Jaimon. There's no random roles, but there is a BuzzFeed list of ranking all the roles in which Jaimon Hansu plays a henchman. So obviously I'm clicking on that. Oh. Let's see where this comes. Well, it's not last. You you won't believe what number six is. <laughs> number ten. <laughs> he, he's, he's number ten. He beat Lara Croft, The Cradle of Life, and Stargate. Oh. He was not as good as his role in Aragon, Renegade, Seventh Son. Oh, that movie's awful. Furious Seven, obviously. Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously. I forgot he's in Constantine. Um, <laughs> and of course, Gladiator's number one. That makes sense. No Guardians of the Galaxy. I said Kevin. Uh, I said Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Kevin J. O'Connor also does not have a, a random roles, but he does have on Ranker ranking his best roles, and Deep Rising is number three. To put that in perspective, Deep Rising beat There Will Be Blood. is <laughs> one of Kevin J. O'Connor's best movies, as far as random Whoa. people on the internet. It was no The Mummy or Steel Magnolias, however. And so Finn's idea now is, well, <laughs> we're pretty much screwed, so I'm going to launch my boat at the at the cruise ship and just blow it all up. I guess that Auto makes sense. <laughs> His boat's like one yeah. of the few things he cares about, but, you know, that's the way to do it. Uh, I love the graphics of the autopilot. Engaged, you know. What is this even preventing? Like, it's not like this thing's about to, like, conquer the world. Like, we could probably just leave, right? Yeah. Does he? I mean, yep, sure, you I probably would. don't want, like, others to find this thing, but at the same time, it seems like if you have a boat that works, probably just get the hell out of there, right? True. Wow, it's number eight among Famke Jansen's movies. On Ranker? Really? On uh, Flick Chart. On top Flick 20 Chart. movies. Okay. Th top 20 movies starring Famke Jensen. Well, let's let's see if we can name all the ones that beat it. X2, X-Men, GoldenEye. I assume X3, probably. The yep. Wolverine, Days of Future Past. Nope. Oh. Nope. You got Taken. Uh, don't Taken. Uh, of course, Taken. Faculty. The Faculty, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and Made. Oh, Made. Okay. okay. All, about, all about Deep Rising. Although they're saying that Deep Rising is better than Lord of Illusions. Uh, cele celebrity, Taken 2, or I Spy. 
So. That all sounds accurate to me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to argue pretty, about that, this. Yeah, that sounds, sounds pretty legit to me, too. Yeah. yeah. I like Anthony Hill has a good line here where he's like he has a flare gun and he's gonna yeah. use it on her. He's like, I don't know what this is gonna do, but it'll probably be interesting. <laughs> he's, he's very curious what a flare gun would do to a human body if you launch it at it. I like how it's a double barrel flare gun too. Of course, the Argonautica spare no the Argonautica spare no expense. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Look at these slow mo shots, diving away from flare bombs. Yep. Did he reload? Of course he has. He has of course he's reloading. <laughs> He's the only one that has to. Yeah. Finn now has a sawed-off shotgun in his back pocket, by the way. Well, we saw that earlier on his uh, on the on the ship yeah, on the yeah. small ship, so yeah. I'll take that in continuity. Yeah, he's gone from from um, Han Solo to Ash. <clears throat> he has a boomstick. He's wearing blue shirt, khaki jeans. It all makes sense. All he needs is a chainsaw. Although I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if Steven Summers did have some Evil Dead in mind. I mean, look at this movie. <laughs> it's like oh, a, yeah. It's like a wacky Evil Dead type movie. <laughs> I was getting those vibes. Yeah. Here it is. I've never actually killed anybody before. Why would you still want to kill her? Witnesses? Who's witness? Like, the tentacle monsters yeah. are killing everybody. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. He did let them all in on his evil plan earlier. That the boat would fail and he would get the you know, insurance money. So. See, Treat Williams is a good guy. Of course, guy. in he's, the nick of time, he he's, miss, he's, he's missing with every shot, though. It's like, he's a nice guy, right? <laughs> it's like Pulp Fiction. He's <laughs> <laughs> an act of God. Those windows. He hates those windows. He put his jacket back on. It's probably getting cold oh. in the boat. He's going to say it's wet and cold. Yeah. Is he saying, now what? Yep. <laughs> there it is. Now what? Now what? <laughs> now what? The last Chinese lantern that was hanging fell. <laughs> oh, no, they reused it. <laughs> they reused that shot. Oh, there we go again. Sorry, I spoke too soon. Get another one of these 180 pans. Okay. I guess this is about the time the audience is like, where does all these tentacles connect to? Because <laughs> we're about to get that reveal. Yep. But you have to move a whole catwalk out of the way. Yeah. And a pagoda. I'm just clearing the floor so I can get to them. I guess I'll look up if there's a Jason Fleming random rules there's while we're waiting for this. some good re reaction shots there. <laughs> so let's look, let's take a big long look at this creature design and see if this uh, works for us. So it's got a big membrane. It's very octopusy. Yes. Yeah. I, did, I didn't go for that Bond joke, but I'm happy you picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Cthulhu's little brother. John Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Cthulhu doesn't have a first name, but his brother does, and it's his first name at last. Tentacle point of view. Yeah, yeah, that's that evil deadness. Yep, deadness. Yeah. Okay, so the tentacle has him. 
He's trying, to, drop. he's trying to beat the tentacle. Oh, it's smacking him. I, I like how it's this. This is the one guy he's pissed off at. <laughs> like, right. Everybody else, it's immediate death. This one, he's like, I want to take my time. Okay, so here's this monster thing. It's got a big mouth. It's got a rows of teeth. It's like a, it's got a got a, like a sarlacc pit thing going on. Here. Right. A little bit of a predator mouth. A little bit of predator. Know. Yeah. Tries the other influences. There's no practicality to this thing whatsoever. It's also it's no. There's no relic. Here. Future commentary, take, the relic. Let's take a good look at him. Oh. Ooh, got one of his eyes. That's going to leave a mark. Ooh. The shotgun's doing his job. Has a lot Maybe of you should have used that in the beginning. You know, you got to save your BFG for when it counts. And not miss like Carl Urban does in the Doom. Mm-hmm. Carl Urban has the BFG in Doom and he misses. Come on. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> what? The window's broken? Oh, yeah. This is where we're supposed to think that Benny died. Yeah. Or not Benny. That's Mummy. Uh, Tooch. The Tooch died. The Tooch. <laughs> the Tooch. The Tooch. Not, not, not Stanley Tucci, but Kevin J. O'Connor and Dean no. Rising. <laughs> I'm sure that was causing a lot of confusion when Big Night came out. Guys, the new movie from the Tooch. Kevin J. O'Connor from Deep Rising? No, no, Stanley Tucci. Oh, 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 oh. From, uh, did you, from Beethoven. <laughs> did you see that SNL sketch about the Tucci game? Oh, yeah. I did, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. Tucci game. With uh, Sam Rockwell. <laughs> yeah, Sam Rockwell starts to do human beatboxing, and, and, and Pete William, and Pete's just like, no. Don't. <laughs> Any sketch that incorporates Sam Rockwell dancing is welcomed by me. Mm-hmm. And we've just dated this podcast. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember in 2017 when Sam Rockwell was up for a lot of awards and he had to host SNL? Sure. Three billboards outside. Finally, she gets a full. It's the first time in the movie she's got a full size gun now. There you go. It's about time. She's built up like a video game character. Right, she's leveled up to the big gun. Mm-hmm. Which is Ripley. <laughs> Found keys to jet ski. Now what? <laughs> hey, I'm not the monster. I don't even have a tentacle. I'm a man. Oh, yeah, he put his coat back on so you can't tell it's a stunt double. Yeah, he's really... He's a lot of temperature changes for True Williams. That he he didn't have the same continuity person that Anthony Held did to make sure it all makes sense. And so like so he's trying to climb on the boat now, Anthony Held. Mm-hmm. And I, is he gonna try? Oh, he's trying to so that razor wire is his plan. Mm. But then the boat's moving, so he jumps onto the boat, which is a horrible idea. Yeah, great <laughs> great plan. Breaks his leg in half. Yep. And his glasses. And his glasses. Yes. They're really giving the asshole, like, the big death here. <laughs> like, I guess he and, like, West Studi get, like, the most comeuppance in this movie, since West Studi's, like, eaten alive, and you have to look right. at it and everything. I don't know if throwing the gun away was a good idea. Well, he has a shotgun. He doesn't need that gun with unlimited ammo anymore. That makes no well, sense. I could to turn around and make the cool move there. Oops. I like to think that this is where Star Wars started in the script. He was like, 
What if I had a jet ski action sequence on a cruise ship? But what would they be running away from? Another jet ski or monsters? <laughs> and it just wrote itself after that. Pretty much. Yeah, the next year we'd be uh, writing a kind of an adventure in the in the vein of this with Deep Blue Sea, right? Yeah. But uh, Rennie Harland is a you know he knows what he's doing with <laughs> this kind of thing. That is like a shark fin. That's <laughs> it's like a shark fin. <laughs> Better cast though in that movie. I mean, I yeah. I might like me some Steven oh, Summers, yeah. but that movie's got what LL Thomas Jane. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård, Michael Rappaport, Sam Jackson, of course, Saffron Burroughs. Like, that movie's, mm-hmm. that movie's stocked with people. A parrot. He's going to shoot the elevator button. He shoots both nice. elevator buttons. <laughs> nice. That's how doors work, right? You just shoot them with shotgun shells. Of course. <laughs> Every day on my commute when I have to get into the elevator. Unless like, it's unless it's Halloween four, and then it you touch it and go, Shh, it's metal. I like the tentacles can't break through those doors. They have their limits. Makes sense. This Anthony held he's really like going through the, the gamut of emotions right now too. Oh. Anger, denial, acceptance, laughter. Manual control disabled. I'm so glad the computer is here to give me that plot point. What was the initial plan for these torpedoes? So would they heist it, like rob the ship first, assuming everything was all right, and then blow up the entire ship afterwards? Like, because these torpedoes destroy everything. So it's like, I, there's not like a warning shot going on with this. It's like, that just destroys the whole damn thing. Right. Was that the idea? They'd just rob this ship and then just kill every single person aboard it? Like all of a sudden it shows the video poker game over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I blew up that surfboard. Here's another trailer shot slash poster shot. This was just not a good episode of The Love Boat at all. Well, there's not enough Isaac. That's the real problem. No gopher or dock either. <laughs> Some stuff man had fun with that one. I was riding through flames in a jet ski. Here we go. Time to blow up all the sets and the models. I like there's a ramp. There's a green screen. Here's the shot. Woo! Deep rising. <laughs> they, they blew up the ship. <laughs> like yeah. It's gone. <laughs> Is it a yeah. model? It's a model, though, right? The ship's a model. Is or is it just a is hollow... that ship full of gasoline or something? <laughs> <laughs> is it like hauling illegal Chinese fireworks? I mean, God damn. Probably, there, was yeah, a lot but... of, there was a lot of alcohol on that ship. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, the mini fridges were stocked on the Argonautica. Except that these didn't have that much gasoline on it. Someone probably should be able to find them. There's a giant explosion that just happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, finding a the plane crash is one thing, but a giant cruise ship blowing up so efficiently, it's another. Now, now it becomes the Blue Lagoon, the next generation. <laughs> Featuring Tooch.
there's no trace of this explosion behind them right now, by the way. They're no, standing, no wreckage other than, they, other than the life preserver, that's they're, it. They're standing on the beach where all this happened, and there's no evidence that this has gone down. No smoke, nothing. Because it didn't just sink, right? <laughs> just like, it blew up. It's not the Titanic where it's like, yeah, okay, that's gone. It's like, this thing just blew, this, there should be ash and everything all around. Hey, dudes. I found that surfboard that got blown up. All right, I'm alone on an island with Famke Jansen. <laughs> now my third wheel has to show up. <laughs> he offers to walk away. Yeah. I guess that's his real hair. Like, that could easily be a wig, but he is all wet and still hair is still... It's probably his real hair. Got shot in the leg. They blew up my boat. West Studio tried to kill me after I let him try to kill himself. Man. He is a lot of fun in this movie. I like Kevin J. O'Connor. Like he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's great as Benny in The Mummy. He's good at Ben Helsing. He has one line. He has a couple lines of Ben Helsing, but because he he's Igor. He has one line where he's like, you thought you got Igor, but Igor got you. And he starts laughing. It's like, all right. right. This guy's having a good time. <clears throat> So now they're on an island. <laughs> mm, sure. The Lost Island. And yep. a roar happens, and this is where our movie ends. <laughs> like, roaring on the beach. And we're going to see something in like the in the jungle, right? There's going to be like some movement going on in the... It's going to go black. Where's Lost? Or it's gonna be right Tree right. Williams will be back in Kong Skull Island. Look at this island. Let's see what they tried to fit in. Like, there's some shots here. There's like, there's a volcano. Like, it's clearly like a mysterious island or Skull Island type reference that they're going for. Right. Smoke monster there in the corner. Include our, our great line, of course. Now what? Yeah. Could you imagine Harrison Ford making a series of these movies? Oh man! <laughs> because if he was in it, this would have made more money, right? So clearly, Stephen Summers would get that sequel, Deeper Harrison Rising. Ford could have take, taken down Titanic, yes. Deeper Rising. Deeper Rising. Actually, it, if you wanted to take down Titanic with this movie. Uh, what you needed was Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, oh yeah. That, that, that's a, that's another teaser for April's commentary track. <laughs> oh man, that was a movie that we watched. It was Twi definitely a movie. Twice, yeah. since we all probably had to prepare for this one. So we all, <laughs> we've all seen Deep Rising twice in 2018 now. <laughs> that's, that's something we can, that's our claim to fame right there. I think I'm uh, good for a while. Let's see Billing Order. Treat Williams, Samka Jansen. Is it Anthony Hill next? Yep. Okay. Probably Wes Studi, or is it Kevin J. O'Connor? Kevin J. O'Connor, all right. That's probably the highest cool. bill he's ever been in a movie. Did they just put Treat first and then start alphabetizing him? Nope. No, no, Derek no. no, no we got it. <laughs> Derek O'Connor. Then it's like all the other mercenaries. Oh, well, oh yeah, double, <laughs> double name, Jason Fleming and Cliff Curtis. And the rest. Wow, Jaiwan Hansi's not even for a while. Jai Look at this. Jaiwan Hansi's way down the list. Well, yeah. Now the credits are rising from the deep. Let's <laughs> ah, see what you did there. Well, we made it through this. This is pretty fun, I have to say. We all, you know, did our best to talk about one of the big bombs of 1998. <laughs> we, we officially talked about things involving Deep Rising to some capacity. It's it's you know they don't make these more um, I don't want to say lighthearted, but maybe with a lighter touch type um, horror movies anymore. It seems. You know, more of an adventure uh, air to it. Like I said, like like 
you know, like we were mentioning, it's more like a predator than it would be like, you know, it's a hybrid. Think yeah, it's like an adventure, yeah. adventure horror hybrid. You know, right. you, you, you're right, Jim. You don't get much of these unless it's like an indie. But even then, like you can't, the locations are pretty locked off in an indie film where this is like, you know, it's got a big cruise ship as its big set piece and everything. So yeah, you don't get too much of this. Try to think of anything's what's similar that's come out in recent years that has like this kind of lighthearted tone, but you know, has its horror going that feels more than just like well, a $5 million Bloomhouse production or something. Well, we do something like that, you know, I think times have changed. We don't like humor anymore. Oh yeah. Things can't be funny. So, that's for sure. I mean, it can't yeah. never work today. It just doesn't make any sense. Why would you have humor in a movie? Sure. <laughs> I can get that at home. Laughter is a form of enjoyment. I go, I go I to the movies like to, to, to not be entertained. Just better be serious. I mean, I guess like it. I mean, it has a lot of comedy in it. Yeah. I mean, it has a lot of like enjoyableness to it as far as the like the kids doing their thing. Doing thing, doing a thing. Zombie Zombieland's not really a horror movie. No. Like, I guess, yeah, but, I mean, I assume Shane Black's upcoming The Predator would be, you know, all about this. Second unit, Dean Cundy, look at that. Oh, wow. wow. Whoa. So, yeah, yeah, Rob, Rob Not like he was hard Dean up at this time, either. Yeah. Wow. He saw the script, he's like, I got Harrison Ford, got to do it. Well, <laughs> Dean Cundy has prided himself on never saying no, so you'll see <laughs> yeah. him on stuff like that. That's what he always said, he like, came up, you know, his first mm -hmm. lesson was to never turn down a job. So, you know, the man who shot Jurassic Park is also shot, in Gar shot Garfield. Right. Let's see. And Roller Boogie. Ah, Roller Boogie. Life doesn't really have... I mean, life... Once Ryan Reynolds dies, spoilers, it happens pretty quick. You can tell that from the trailer. The, the comedy sucked right out of that movie. <laughs> well, yeah. It took a lot fewer people to do CGI back then, too. I guess Kong's, I mean, <laughs> Kong Skull Island, I guess, is like probably the best recent example of this kind of thing. Because that's, I mean, right. it is a movie about giant monsters attacking people. <laughs> like, so it's, it's, it... And once John C. Riley re enters the fold, it does get... Oh, yeah, I mean, John C. Riley, in my opinion, deserves an Oscar nomination for Kong, Kong Skull Island. He's, yeah. he's fantastic. He, was, he is great in it, absolutely. But in beforehand, like, there's a lot of... There's, the cast is really... Str I mean, there's a, there's a big bench of character actors in that movie that make it work. A bunch just, of... It's just like Deep Rising. It's a bunch of dudes, and then it really is. I mean, one one, one white American girl, or, <laughs> yeah. and, and an Asian girl that's kind of side in the background. Oh, so basically, you're just saying Kong Skull Island was a remake of Deep Rising. Yeah, Kong Skull Island's the Deep Rising. It's of what happens after you go to the island? Mm. But I mean, and like I've listened to that commentary, director Jordan Vogt Robert, he described that as a weird flick, and it really is thinking about the movies coming around Kong Skull Island that don't have the ability to take themselves, mm. you know, not too seriously. Basically, we should just all watch Kong Skull Island because it's great. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of thoughtfulness in that movie, a lot of inventive ideas, um, more than you'd think for that kind of movie. Absolutely. Is it my top 20 for last year? I love Kong Skull Island. I've seen it a lot. Oh, I'm always down to watch that movie. Yeah, it's fun. Even on HBO, I'm like, I'll watch a clip of this, even though it's formatted weirdly. Anyway, guys, I think we've done the best. Oh, by the way, hold on. Half Digested Billy by Blur Studio. Uh-oh. Good to know. Yes. Somebody's resume. Yeah. And something new every day. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's been our Deep Rising commentary. I think we've uh, officially talked about this movie. Um, where can people find more of your guys' work online? Brandon Peters. 
You can find me at Cult Cinema Cavalcade, which is cultcinemacavalcade.com. Uh, on social media, at CC Cavalcade. We currently have our episode of Exorcist 2, The Heretic, Ooh. going. So, oh, uh, man, I know. I haven't gotten to, I, I got my VHS out of it. I want to watch it again before I, I listen. So I'm yeah. down. Can't wait. And our next one will be Voyage of the Rock Aliens, which is a musical with Craig Sheffer in it. So, Wow. Get, get moving on that one, folks. <laughs> Jim Dietz. Uh, you can check out DC TV podcast. All the new shows are back from the CW, and we're covering all of them. That's available at hhwlod.com. Also, you can check out Nothing's On and Paradigm Shift and Heavy Gigs in the Seaside City, all housed at the Taylor Network of Podcast.com. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at Yoda Jones. You can find me at Aaron's PS4 on Twitter. I'm writing at Wise of Blue and We Live Entertainment. All my stuff can be found at thecodezeek.com. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Audio Boom, everywhere you can find it. Um, feel free to email us out now at podcast at gmail.com. Follow our Facebook and Twitter page. You know all that. Um, let, let, give us any feedback on these commentaries, on what you'd like to hear us talk about, because we certainly like doing the commentary tracks. And as much as I like figuring out with these guys what we want to do next and everything, you know, and obviously we have a couple of things in mind for the coming weeks, but uh, or the coming months, but... Uh, you know, there's there's a lot out there that we can talk about, and it's it's fun to do mm-hmm. these. So, uh, Brandon, Jim, thank you both for joining me for this deep rising commentary. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. For sure. And until next time, that's going to do it. So, so long, and goodbye. Now what?